Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. Texas is like frozen over. It's like the fucking ice age over there where they're like out of power and like they, they ran out of gas like yesterday, I think it was. And so um, and there's two winter storms that are hitting back to back. And um, so, of course, that like directly impacts like my job. Um, so, you know, I kind of get a little more of the, uh, the the facts or whatever. But like my company sent out an email where it said that uh 77% of American roads have ice on them, which is like one of the highest percentages ever. Yeah, it's mind-boggling yeah. to think about that. Yeah, like especially if you think of how big America is and it's like how many roads there are. It's like 77% of all the roads in America have ice on them, which is just fucking insane. And then there was like, I was at the gym and there was this uh, photo of, or this video of these people who were like talking about how they were out of power for three days. And instead of like... So their refrigerated food, like obviously you have to have power to power your refrigerator and they didn't even need it. They just put all their food out in the garage and their food was fine. Yeah. That's how fucking cold it is. I saw a picture of uh, some poor like little girl's fish tank completely solid. Like all the water was solid. Which uh, obviously like, you know, I guess if you if we want to tie it into politics or whatever, it obviously affects like working class people more because oh yeah know, absolutely well deal with. i think the working class people should have just up up and gone on like a cruise like maybe took a flight to cancun or something like you know get out of texas if they really wanted to they should have invested in fucking bitcoin and gamestop when those are going up you know yeah really uh what this you know exposes is that uh you know um just just weren't buying their survival buckets you know if every texan had access to a bucket full of what I assume is like meat slurry and like uh, corn syrup, then they'd be fine throughout this whole thing. But they didn't go to, you know, Tim Pool's or Ben Shapiro's website and buy, you know, their bucket slop. So who can really, who can really, really blame here? Yeah, they should have just invested their fucking money. They should have stopped buying Starbucks, you know, and invested mm-hmm. their you know, invested their money. Actually, there was an interesting thing that um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how like they, how investing your money only works if no one else does. Like, so one of the biggest things is like people always say like, Oh, you know, you should be a smart like consumer and save your money. But like when the, when the, um, Oh fuck. When, what you call it hit and like everyone, Oh, when, when COVID first hit and everyone was saving their money, um, they were like, people were like, oh no, the economy is fucked up because no one's spending. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like what you see is a lot of times is if you, if you save your money, like you're supposed to, then you're, you're trash because you're not providing the economy with its precious, like fucking blood money that it needs to survive. Yeah. So the thing about it is like, you can't, people can't all be investors. Um, right. Because like, it's just like. It's fascinating. It's this profound, um, and this this sounds like it should be on on one of mine and Austin's episodes. But it's this profound misunderstanding of the economy as like an entity, right? Like because mm-hmm. they think that like 
what's good for some people is good for all. But the, the thing is, like, if you actually save your money and don't spend like your disposable income on things that are disposable and have no merit, then the economy would just be like absolute trash. Like the, yeah. the bourgeois economy would be absolute trash. And and that's the thing. Like, so there has to be uh, like, you know, we, we talk all the time about like the downfalls of capitalism or whatever, but there has to be losers in capitalism for there, for there to be winners. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the, that's the, the biggest thing about like, what's happening in, in the, the country right now, like with, you know, um, with uh, like snowstorms and like when COVID first started happening, you kind of see it where people buy up more than they need and then they store it. But like, you know, if, if that happens, there's going to be some losers. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the big, the big winners in all of this are Jerry Jones, whose gas company um, is like selling at premium prices now so he's stoked about that go cowboys and then um then fucking you know ted cruz uh who i think most people are aware of by now but if you don't uh ted cruz you know in the midst of a a terrible crisis unprecedented in texans history um went up and went off to cancun and then like a lot of whiny little bitch boy instead of you know being a man and saying no i'm staying says, oh, I got caught, but really it's my daughter's fault, my 10-year-old daughter's yeah, the, fault. That's the, be- the best part is that, like, like these, like, him and others like him are, are unafraid to just totally throw their children or their wives under the bus as soon as, like, something happens. Like, he's on the plane. He's got, like, a big-ass, big of luggage, right? Like, very clearly, he's going to be there for a while. And he's just like, well, you know... Just my my daughters, just they couldn't wait, right? You know, like I said, we should stay, right? And they're just like, no, uh, you know, take us away, daddy. And I was like, well, I can never refuse them, right? And it's just like, yeah, you can't even own up to like uh, wanting to leave a frozen wasteland. Yeah, it's and of course, as a as a grown adult, right? You can't ever, you know, really. Uh, say no to children, of course. So of I would course, have, res- I, I would have respected him a lot more if he had just stayed in Cancun. Honestly, and was like, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna stay on like a nice sunny beach somewhere." Yeah, for for real. Like, yeah, like why? Like why come back and do all that? Like, just just go. Like it's, um, it's really not gonna change anything whether he goes or stays or whatever. Like, um, you know, the all he really needs is like, because like none of these things will really come into play not really like when the next election comes around like it'll be a good little like nippet to put on tv but as long as 51 percent of people still kind of choose the republican side uh you know in the race then like it doesn't really matter no we'll all we'll all forget about all these events that have happened this year because that's like you know america's history is just forgetting everything immediately after it happens Mm -hmm. And never learning from our mistakes because we're Americans and we can just keep repeating the same ones over and over and over. Um, like next week, like God Chuck Grassley or one of the older senators is going to like, you know, fill his diaper in the middle of the Senate floor. And we'll have forgotten then, you know, we'll just we'll just have like four more mass news events in between. So it'll be obscured by that point. Yeah, but I mean, truly, like. The, the thing is, though, also with Texas is that 
you know, why are we hearing so much about Texas versus, you know, other Midwest slash Southwest states that have also been hit by the same storm, but their power grids haven't gone out. And in a video I watched, explained that the, the main reason is that Texas is on its own power grid. It's, yes, you know, yeah. this nefarious organization that's been going around in the news called ERCOT. That's a privatized power grid that's only made available to Texas by Texans for Texans. And and then the rest of like those central states share a power grid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anytime there's a dip in power in one of those states or I mean, sorry, not a dip, but an excess need for power, um, they can like channel that. They have access to channel to the states that actually need it. And in Texas, what you had was. Everyone, as they were told, was staying indoors, not driving anywhere because the roads were super dangerous. And then once you're indoors, you turn up the heat and you have everybody indoors turning up the heat, creates a surge of power. And just the power grid couldn't take it in in any other situation across America. You would have had power diverted from other states or other areas that didn't need it as much to supply those demands. But... Thank God for like the private market and and privatizing public utilities because it's really showing up like why these are such good ideas that we should keep doing and privat- well, the most privatize efficient. everything. It's very it's efficient. The most, it's, it's the, the most, most efficient, efficient, Josh. Yeah. It's it's proven over and over again, whether it's with you know, Texas, you know, turning into uh, like uh, the, the, I was trying to make it a Mr. Freeze joke. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, that, just imagine that. Um, or like California, like having just, you know, spontaneously roll, combusting and having rolling blackouts because the company they hand over to power up there fucks them over. Um, yeah, it's, de- it's definitely the most efficient. We can all agree on that. And, you know, at, efficient at, you know, murdering people, right? But, you know, Anyway. Yeah, and it's like, you know, in in any tragedy, you know, or sorry, not tragedy, but necessarily like natural disaster, which is ironic because the only reason it's a natural disaster is because the power company fucked up. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um but in any other like case, you know, there's always usually like property damage and that like sucks, but you know, it it was a lot worse is the actual loss of life that's going to happen. Like you're hearing yeah. these just awful fucking stories about like babies on oxygen aren't getting it. Like old people stuck in their homes are like freezing to death and just all these terrible, terrible things. And it's like, you know, COVID has already fucked up everyone enough as it is. And now we have this and it's just like, when is the train of just horrible, terrible things going to stop? You know, I don't, I don't know, maybe never, but, uh, one, one terrible thing. I don't know if, do you guys have any other thoughts on the, the Texas situation? I was going to say real quick, Matt probably has something, but my favorite genre of post that's come out of this has been the, uh, like, well, first of all, like, like people on Facebook, I feel like are just 40% crueler in their thoughts and actions, uh, in general, but. Seeing, like, first of all, that one mayor in Texas, like, have this big, long rant post where he he said people, he said the government doesn't owe you anything. He was saying we don't owe you power or whatever. He was, like, literally like saying literally people, your job, bro. 
people saying that they need heat and their food is like spoiling and they're mm-hmm. freezing to death were like whining. And he was like, just you can either choose to be, you know, to survive or not. And it's not our problem. He says is the mayor of this town. Yeah. Right. And then other people like it'll be like a news story about like someone freezing to death, being found on the road or like saying like, I, you know, I can't feed myself. There's no food around. And people are just like, you have wood. You can make fire. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. fucking just like, again, just like the most, again, I feel like 40% more crueler just like being like, um, okay, well, have you thought of making a fire? And then like, you know, have you thought about that? It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're really thinking this this one through. Uh, Matt, do you have anything before we move on? Um, no, not really. All right. Uh, well, speaking of tragedies, you know, we would be remiss to not mention the passing of uh, one of my personal heroes, um, and I'm sure mm-hmm. hero to many, Rush, the great Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, so it's a rip to a real one, you know. Um, we were just talking about this before but um yeah he was only 70 years old and it's like considering how long most just truly evil people live that's like pretty weak it's pretty weak numbers on his part just making it to 70 like you know like if you're if you play it correctly like kissinger does you you will probably live till you're, you're gonna outlive like miley cyrus really you lived like 115, most likely. He thought he thought the adrenochrome could like offset, but it turns out that you know lung Only cancer so and smoking actually just kind of uh, takes yeah. over at a certain point. It, yeah, exactly. Like you know, it's like those guys. It's like guys who do steroids but don't do the, the training well enough, right? Like yeah, the adrenochrome will will if you leave a relatively healthy lifestyle on top of the child blood, then yeah, you'll live very long and be youthful, but you know, if you deep throat a cigar every day or so, then, you know, it's it's not going to overcome that. Um, I was sharing with Cole before the pod about, so my father was a big Rush Limbaugh fan. I'm not sure if he, like, stayed a Rush Limbaugh fan up until now, but I do remember as a child, um, my dad would always have talk radio on and, like, all of my family members would just complain about it um which like rightfully so because t- first of all talk radio is like dumb i know but you're like well what about podcasting no no i don't want to hear it uh talk radio is <laughs> stupid and, and boring and um usually it's just done for evil like if you're on talk radio you're probably an evil person um unless it's npr that's a little different but if you're on <sighs> conservative like talk radio you're an evil person and rush limbaugh was a v- very evil person and you know, speaking from experience, I can say that Rush Limbaugh has helped warp the minds of like an entire generation of people who listen to talk radio. And I was kind of telling Cole, like my dad, especially in kind of like his generation, they grew up in an era where people on the radio, people on TV, they like that carried a weight. And the words they have, you listen to them because they were experts. And like, if you were on TV, you had to be an expert. And so you have this Rush Limbaugh guy come along, you know, like 30 years ago onto the scene and kind of reinvent this conservative movement and make it an entertainment. Like today we think of Sean Hannity and, you know, for a time it was Glenn Glenn Beck before he like combusted into a black hole. (laughs) 
But, yeah. you know, at one point he was at the top of his game. Um, and Sean Hannity definitely still is. But all of Glenn them. Beck would- should have never left Fox News. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, he created his own network. That was the problem. Well, he never should have. He never should have cried on TV. That was the thing. That was the real <laughs> turning point. Well, no, for Nick, real. Like, it, like, like if just, if he would have if he would have stayed if he would have stayed at Fox News, he probably would have been a quadrillionaire or whatever. Like, no one watches the fucking Glenn Beck network. No, no, not really. Except for Dave Rubin, he's the only one who watches. Not it. even retarded conservatives watch the Glenn Beck network because he's like, yeah, he he's no longer like. Like the 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 sheer amount of like like bloodthirstiness that like a network needs to have to capture like the average sort of conservative news watchers' attention now. Fucking Fox is, News is yeah. like the most watched news program. Like, why the fuck would Glenn Beck? Yeah, yeah. Like, decide yeah, to make his exactly. own. Like, it's crazy because he had like a he had crazy like conspiracies or whatever. Like before, you know, conspiracy like. Uh, uh, before mainstream news conspiracy theorist guys were a thing. Before Joe Reagan became cool, he was the yeah, original and guy. it was like Glenn Beck was the guy who kind of like he was like before Alex Jones and before all that like shit. It was like you know he was in that era of like history's mysteries and and you know the Discovery Channel like mystery conspiracy theory shit. But like he was like, oh well, the politicians are are you know, this conspiracy theory. And then, and then apparently Fox news was like, Oh, you fucking suck. And then he created his own network or something, which is like, why? Just, well, he tried to, he tried to pivot. Literally um, just pedal your bullshit on Fox news. Like no one fucking cares. Like fucking Bill O'Reilly made a career of Fox news until he diddled too many blondes. And even then he mm-hmm. still was like on Fox news until he got caught. Yeah. Um, like Beck had like went through like this period where I think he finally took like his med- medication, right? And like it centered him long enough to try and pivot to being like, like like a Megan Kelly type. Like I'm gonna like, sort but of, you know yeah. what I mean? But but yeah. that like there's no there was no audience for that. Like there's no audience for because like Megan Glenn Kelly Beck was, like, was, the, was like pretty. So besides like, the help, besides Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck was like the main talk show guy. And then Sean Hannity kind of took over. So, like, I mean, he had a pretty sweet deal. I mean, Rush Limbaugh had a pretty fucking sweet deal. I mean, just, like, to sit there and, like, I don't know anything. I've never listened to a single Rush Limbaugh. I only know him from, like, parodies and movies. So I'm not going to, like, comment on, you know, his death or whatever. Like, but, um, yeah, I just, just, like, I don't know. Like, Glenn Beck had the perfect fucking deal when it came to, like, a sweet gig that he kind of fucked up. You know, by being too crazy for Fox News, which is like, I mean, there are people on Fox News who are just like absolutely bashing insane. You know, there's people, I mean, there's people on all net- news networks that are bashing insane, but um, Fox yeah, is I like mean, a very particular conservative brain bashing insane. Yeah. Well, I think he just, I think he tried to, again, get out of the, or um, like get in front of like the Trump thing and, style himself as like anti-Trump while the network was going pro and because again there's no there was no audience like there was for like Megan Kelly like there was no movement to kind of rehabilitate him like they were doing with her so there was no audience so mm-hmm. and then when he tries to come back then his spot's filled you know it's not there anymore of, but I of, saw this oh, oh sorry oh I was I, gonna say out of curiosity what is Megan Kelly up to these days she know? had it. She had an NBC show, 
She was like on yeah. the view or something. I think it was NBC. Please do not quote me on that because God, I'm fucking retarded today. But like, <laughs> she, I'm serious. I, I'm brain dead after work. But um, she uh, she had this like show, wh- whatever the network the view is on. She had this show. Yeah, and it was like it was MSNBC, I believe. Okay, yeah. So whatever show, whatever network the the view is on, she had this show, and then she got like she was too radically right for for that like cuck liberal um thing so so they were like okay well even though you have like a bajillion dollars guaranteed like we're gonna go ahead and get you off the air which is like so stupid i think like i think that would have been a interesting um interesting news channel if they had two completely different like you have like really shitty like shit lib like the view type ideology and then you have like crazy liberal conservative ideology with Megan Kelly. You know, I think that would have been very, pretty interesting, but yeah, you know, I think the, the, what actually ended up getting her off was getting her off. <laughs> Bill um, O'Reilly was the site of like kids in cages. Anyway, um, what actually got her kicked off the show was that first of all, no one was like watching it. So like the ratings were bad, but then there was like um, people just found, which were like, they were old pictures of just her in blackface. <laughs> and then and let's then she, like, go. And she like defended yeah. it um, on Twitter being like, well, it was, it was Halloween, <laughs> you know, it was Halloween or whatever. Um, right. Or just basically defended the practice of, of blackface. And I think that got her, that was really kind of the thing that pushed her off was that. Uh, she know, also no spells one, her name yeah. stupid. So there's that. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's the thing where you can do blackface. You just have to have like the ratings to back it up, which she didn't. So. Or you have to like apologize. You just have to apologize. She currently her. produces yeah. a podcast called the Megan Kelly Show, and also at, she's active in posting on her Instagram page and YouTube channel. She hosted America Live, and she co-hosted the America Newsroom with Bill Hemmer. Okay, that that sounds like so the show. Stuff, yeah. So the Megan Kelly today was canceled she had she started hosting the third hour of the morning show today with a program titled megan kelly today in september 2017 the show was canceled in october 2018 after a segment discussing blackface Mm -hmm. that was what it was she didn't she didn't do blackface she was discussing blackface and she felt like it was okay yeah she was felt like it was okay to do yeah no i remember that i just wasn't sure if she had like got on another network or something she was on nbc NBC was the the channel that she was on okay. because she she left she left Fox News um, at, for a triple role at NBC News, which included daytime talk show, a Sunday night news magazine, and she became a correspondent for major news events and political coverage. So she departed Fox News in January sixth of twenty seventeen after the Kelly the last episode of the Kelly File aired, and then. Um, Let's see here. She had an eight-episode run, and she was paid fifteen to twenty million dollars a year at NBC. Jesus Christ! And she got and all that money so, too. Yeah, she had she had a thing in her contract where if they fired her, she got all of it. She got all of it. So which who? I mean, honestly, fucking work. You know what I mean? Like, like if I was like if I was NBC or whatever, I would definitely like just make her, um, you know fucking work the rest of the time like regardless of what yeah, happened. Exactly. that's so like, funny 
She was criticized for on-air remarks she made on Megyn Kelly today related to the appropriateness of blackface as part of a Halloween costumes. She recollect, she recollected that when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as a as like a character, and defended <laughs> Luann De Lesseps' use of skin darkening spray to portray Diana Ross. Later that day, I don't know who any of those people are. Diana Ross is American actress, born and raised. Okay. Anyway, later that day, Kelly issued an eternal email apologizing for the remarks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Oh, oh, is it, yeah. Uh, subject, line, sub, subject line. I'm sorry. CC the entire fucking company. On October 26, 2018, NBC canceled Megan Kelly today. It had been reported that Kelly was considering ending the program to focus on her role as a correspondent. So her contract was terminated in January 11th, 2019. Um, That's great. I so anyway, that. she got fired for blackface and Rush Limbaugh fucking died. So there's that. I love the, uh, I love the, uh, what she said. It's okay. If you're portraying a character, <laughs> like, a, right. yeah, like a black person, <laughs> Like, like fucking <laughs> like sugar lips Jones, like fucking blue gum. Fucking like, like, yeah, like a character. A character like Martin Luther King, like no, he was a person. Like a character, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you put on a little too much bronzer to portray uh, Reverend Reverend Doctor Martin Luther King, then uh, you know, it's okay. Okay, so fun, like completely off fucking topic of brush ball, but like interestingly enough, like you know, February is Black History Month, so we were like we watched um, Spike Jones uh, film Malcolm X, and like we were yeah. talking about it afterwards, and you know, you're taught completely wrong things in high school about Malcolm X. Like, yes. like in high school, I remember being taught that Malcolm X was like the creator of the black Panthers. And he was like, he was like the anti, like the evil Martin mm-hmm. Luther King. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically that's what he gets. Yeah. He like MLK is like the, um, is like the rehabilitated face of it. And then like MLK or, or Malcolm X is like, it's like, he's like Iago to like, like uh, MLK's Othello, right? Like he's just cast in the, antagonist evil role or or whatever for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. I mean like, and then, you know, you hear like, Oh, he just wanted to kill all white people. And like, they never talk about like his, his shit where he's just like, Hey, you know, maybe like, which is crazy because like Malcolm X and like a racist white dude from fucking Brooklyn at the time had the exact same idea, which was to go back to Africa. (laughs) He's like, Hey, you know, this fucking Malcolm X guy. He's got some good fucking ideas. Maybe they should fucking go back to Africa. You know, Fucking go back to where you came from. Fucking here, I'll pay for the fucking plane ticket. You know, like <laughs> oh Malcolm X yeah. had the idea. He was like, you know, let's just go back to Africa. There's this, like, there's this know. guy in New York who's like hearing these. He hears Malcolm X speak for the first time. He's like, this guy got some fucking points. And next, yeah, he's got some fucking points. Ne- next time he shows up to the meeting, he's wearing like a hotep outfit. He's <laughs> like, inshallah, my brothers. Yeah, Allah salam alaikum, brother. Come on, go back to fucking Africa. Hey, I, I'm feeling the light of Allah in my heart over here. <laughs> How about you fucking get on the plane and fucking pray to Mecca while you're going back to Africa over here? Come on. Yeah. Um. No, but seriously, like, it's just funny because like, um, you you hear all this bad shit just because like he's a scary like you hear a bunch of things which is like none of them's true. You hear like, oh, he's the the creator of the Black Panthers in school, and and you hear like, oh, he's advocating for the death of all white people, and he was like, like 
his statements regarding like violence was like, if white people are going to fight us, we should fight back. Like, yeah, it's all like, <laughs> like all his- very, very like controlled statements in a time where like people were getting lynched, you know? Like his yeah his his stuff about violence a lot of it just was was theoretical like in the sense of like it, if this is like you know like and it's just two sides of the same coin in the sense of if we're attacked you know it's in his case it's fight back show them that you're not like cowed or can be bullied whereas MLK's you know stance was you know, like violence shouldn't be met with violence or whatever. And you can like, and Which both I of agree them, with Michael. I, I agree with Malcolm X. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, both of them, like, of course had this, you know, convert this sort of, I guess you could maybe say it's dialectical. It's probably not. Um, I'm probably using the wrong word incorrectly, but sort of struggle between these two ideas or whatever. And like, like MLK's, like people will kind of point to his strategy working, but there's like, there's a lot more context behind it's a Socratic around, dialectic. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot more context around that movement. And also MLK had like, th- like on the marches, they had people there who acted as like bodyguards or people who were willing to throw down if they were attacked. Like there was a whole group. Dedicated well, there, I mean, there's a part of the Mal- these leaders. Yeah. There's the part of the Malcolm X movie where they like go and he's just like, this guy comes up, he's like, oh, brother Malcolm, like, uh, the cops, like, beat up this dude who was just, like, walking down the street, right? Like, being black and walking down the street. And so Malcolm X just, like, got a bunch of, like, his, like, the Islam, the Nation of Islam together, and they all, like, marched to this police station, and they were like, they are like, we're not moving, check out the window. And, like, they opened the window, and it's just a bunch of black people, like, interlocking arms, and that was, like, a threat to them, right? So, like, Malcolm mm-hmm. X didn't, like, fucking fuck like what what you know in any just society he would have like picked up a fucking ak and just like shot up the fucking police station for their you know gross like beating to death almost beating to death of this guy but they just like interlocked arms as a show of power you know and then like the police were like oh we can't be fucking having this you know like freaking out so so you get that in in school you get that that um that narrative that Malcolm X was just like this evil villain. Yeah. They try to, they like paint him kind of like, but I mean, you get that with um, Marx too. Like, I mean, true. it's um, not like anything that's like against us hegemonic, like interests in school or in, you know, history. Like, you, you know, I was, I was talking to the group chat the other day about reading history. And I said that like, I don't like reading history books that are like about specific subjects. I like reading broad history books because Typically, um, when you read a book about a specific subject, the author has like a certain bias, right? And like right. all authors have biases, right? And I'm not, yes. like I had to explain this, like, because I was talking about reading philosophy and theory and they were like, oh, you're talking about biases? I'm like, listen, philosophy and theory, like, you know, like if I'm reading a book by David Hume, I know that that's what David Hume thinks and that's his own bias, right? Yes. But like if I'm reading a book uh, by whoever about Egyptian history, then he presents Egyptian history as fact like this actually happened. Whereas in all actuality, he could be presenting it in a skewed perspective because he has this inherent bias. Right. So that was my whole point. But but um, that's the thing about like, you know, about history, like especially like American history 
history is that like the hegemonic view kind of like runs it, you know? So the, the Malcolm X story is that he's this evil man because he dared question the authority of, uh, fucking like actual, you know, pieces of shit. Yeah. Like they, they paint him like in the way of like the, like, uh, uh, Toussaint, Lovature, like in the, I probably butchered his name, in like the Haitian Revolution, like, like Malcolm X somehow becomes like. Is he French? What's that? Is he French? Toussaint was like the, um, led, uh, one of the leaders of the Haitian Revolution. Okay, Um, so he had like a French name? Yes, but like in that revolution, it was a slave rebellion that killed like, um, like basically a bunch of white people. So, um, like the uh, the history of that re- uh, revolution often gets taught as like you know um, from a European's perspective as being very like tragic or whatever, right? Because these you know slave, big slave rebellion and it killed a bunch of the fucking French colonists there because they owned slaves. Um, so you'll have like yeah, Toussaint gets like kind of like this. Um, uh, if you've ever have you seen that movie with Chris Rock, um, Top Five? Or Damn! No, I've never seen it. <laughs> Where he like in the movie he's like a comedian trying to sort of be like do more serious roles, and he um he makes a movie about the revolution where he plays Toussaint, um uh his, his last name's like Lovature, Low Overture something like that, um but uh and no one watches it because it's a movie about like black people killing white people you know what I mean, um but he yeah I just bring that up um to uh flex that i know history kind of because i can make that connection so well to your point to your point matt about (laughs) like what we learned in school i mean so so much of it is incredibly biased and and a literal whitewashing of history i mean the general sentiment it seems like among americans is that and this is you know an idea that rush limbaugh himself promoted tie back into him is that like slavery was bad but american slavery was like it was just part of the culture and it was like inevitable and it's not as bad as some more radical people might lead you to believe and so you don't need to feel like white guilt like he was in very much an anti-white guilt person and yeah i don't remember (laughs) any teacher necessarily like going along those lines but i don't think we're really taught how awful slavery specifically american slavery uh, was yeah i i have to push back just a little bit sorry like um and i might get in trouble don't please i i mean this from the deepest I, i'm anti-white guilt in the terms of like you shouldn't feel guilty for being like being born no 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 well but, his, yeah, his yeah. point what you're saying but his like the point the, is the that rest- white people you can't blame white people for what happened like any white person in history is kind of what i'm saying I think I disagree. I think Rush Limbaugh's point is that slavery as a thing is an abstract thing that happened in the past that you can't look at today and say that that where people are today was any is is any influence on slavery. Huh? So, for example, like if you say. Oh, well, like, you know, uh, African-Americans have like, I don't know, like they're statistically are probably 
probably, and I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just pulling this out of my ass, but statistically they're poorer, right? So Rush Limbaugh, like as a typical conservative, would say, oh, well, they're poorer because they're either A, dumber, yeah, or B, like, yeah, like, yeah. They're, they don't work as hard, they're lazy, right? Whereas, like, you know, because he didn't, he doesn't understand, like, um, which is a very Marxist point. He doesn't understand like his, his history, right? How history does lead up to this moment, how it influences yes. things like up until today. And so what I was saying is like, what, what I would say to that point, Josh, is that Rush Limbaugh completely disregards slavery as a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the, the, like, like a liberal idea of slavery Right. Like, and I mean this in terms of like, like a shit lib, right. In terms of a shit liberal idea of slavery would be that like it informs literally everything. Whereas Rush Limbaugh thinks it informs nothing where the, the actual like a quote unquote, like, you know, leftist point would be that slavery is a thing that happened. Right. It doesn't inform everything, but like historically speaking, it's informed a lot of things. And in like, race relations in the United States are informed by slavery. And it's insane to think that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that, that, uh, you know, when I say like I'm anti, you know, again, like I don't, I don't want to be like fucking shit canned for this. Please, you know, don't take this the wrong way. But when I say I'm anti white guild, it's like, you're not responsible for your ancestors, but at the same time, you can't fucking ignore the fact that slavery existed, which is what like Rush Limbaugh but, and people, yeah, what he is saying, um, right, right, which is what like that's what they peddle. You yeah. know, it's like the fact that that they think that that white people are inherently better or whatever. You know, like I don't know much. Again, I, I'm completely speaking out of my ass because I don't know anything that Rush Limbaugh has said or, or says or whatever. You know, um, obviously not says anymore, but. Has said that's right, (laughs) (laughs) but I I did see the thing. I I did see. I want to talk about this a little bit with with regards to Rush Limbaugh. I saw this thing where it was like, uh, you know, that meme where it's like all the people with the swords in the middle, and it's like, you know, oh, it's like uh, leftist, anarchist, like Marxist, like whatever, and it's like shitting on the DNC. Like that's the meme. I saw this one that was like that, but it was like praising Rush Limbaugh is dead, and I'm just like, I don't. Uh, who care? Like, did did people actually care about Rush Limbaugh? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, he, I mean, yeah. Like his well, listeners definitely. If you no, went when, on, when he died, I meant like, does oh, did he okay. have, like did he have like uh, a crap ton of hate, haters who were like, yo, like I'm so glad he's dead. Like I don't like when he when I found out he died, I was like, oh. I and mean, then just like it's one of those instances where. Like you're, I, I haven't thought about Rush Limbaugh in like years, you know. Yeah. But when you find because out he's, he's dead, like it's like finding out like some bully back in high school died. Like you he's don't like a moot point now, right? Like Rush Limbaugh, really? I mean, he's he was really... still on the air. He was still doing his thing up until like pretty recently, I, I, right? I see what you mean, Matt, in the sense that like he kind of gave birth to something that. Mm-hmm at this point had kind of outgrown him yeah but, yeah i mean like, like like trump definitely is a product of him and sort of this like the the surrounding sort of movement and yeah really by the time trump is sort of 
I mean, he's in office and like he has, he definitely had at that point completely overshadowed like Limbaugh, even though Limbaugh kind of like uh, was one of those forces that enabled Trump to get to where he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it's kind of like it definitely. I mean, I guess at this point in 2021, he is more of a relic, right? Than than he, you know, than the 90s because he really was yeah. like it, like a like really like Rush Limbaugh was Titanic the first figure then. Yeah, he was definitely the first like talk radio conservative guy because like talk radio was completely conservative. There was NPR, which was like for you know uh, a certain subset of people, but like. Most of the talk radio uh, audience was conservative and Rush Limbaugh was a huge pioneer of that. Right. Like whenever you see things on like like movies. Right. Even like when they talk about like conservative, like when they have talk radio shows, it's always like a parody of Rush Limbaugh. But like Mm -hmm. I felt like talk radio has outlived its importance, you know, not necessarily its importance. It may have outlived its like um, just its relevance. I mean, I think it. I think there's way more people who listen to it than we might, because we're not plugged think. really into that world, I, and it's a lot of older people. Think, well, think like about older, it this way: right. yeah, yeah. who people? How, how many people you know besides older people listen to talk radio? How many? Well, that's people, the thing, though, is that if we're talking about politically activated people, people who vote, we're talking about people who listen to talk radio usually, like the older Gen Xer, like Boomer types, who still get primarily. Like, but, you know, every day they're tur- they're turning on talk radio. But I would also like, again, like not to be controversial, or whatever, push back a little bit on that, which is like, I feel that like, uh, like our generation, like millennials and, and, and Gen Zers and stuff are a little more politically minded than, which is, um, <laughs> I think Red Scare actually said this, which I completely agree with. And they said that like young people, caring about politics is like kind of a, it's a bad sign. It's not a good sign, right? Like it's just like yeah. that you ha- to, to have to care about politics means like you, you, you know, shit's like actually really bad. Right. Right. But, um, but you know, we're like, I, I feel like our generation and after is p- pretty politically minded. Um, and, and I feel like, uh, most of like most of the dissemination of like politics comes from like, social media like twitter or um podcasts or whatever which is what when i said like how much does like like i i feel like rush limbaugh now is a moot point because when people used to care about like politics like when we were in um i would say you know high school middle school something like that um people would listen to rush limbaugh right like they would listen to talk radio it was a big thing well, talk radio is not even talked about anymore in like the political realm. It's always like it's so weird. It's always um, like shit that we see on the news that gets disseminated through like three different channels, which is usually like podcasts that are talking about things they saw on Twitter that are uh, posted because they were things on the news, like t- television news. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Matt. Um, it's just like. In the in the Rush Limbaugh case, the reason why people are celebrating it is just because of how like how terrible he was as a person. And it's like, but are people celebrating he, it though because he said, he he spawned all of this. Like they're not celebrating it. At least I'm not. I don't think they are. I, that's the th- what you that's think the they're thing. celebrating think- it in the sense that like they think this is a, somehow a win or no? I think they don't care. 
I think most people don't oh, care about Rush Limbaugh. I, I would I would say like um I've seen just Do like, you guys disagree? What do you mean that most people like most people don't care or do care? That that most politically minded people even like Okay, let's just say let's just exclude Rush Limbaugh fans out of it, right? So we, Rush Limbaugh obviously had his detractors, so we'll, we'll include them as well. But I feel like most people, unless you're a Rush Limbaugh fan, don't really care that he died. I would say maybe it's a it's a question of if you knew who he was, um, like in like if you knew who he was in sort of any capacity. You might care on his death, whether that's being like good, burning hell, or being like oh no. Um, but I guess that's a question of like what is the size of people who knew about him and people who didn't. I mean, then you could point you to like look, most not caring. Or if not. you look at at YouTube today or the past two days, every major news channel has covered him. Rush Limbaugh, like interesting. R- Rush yeah. Limbaugh um, got Why the do you Congressional think Medal of Freedom. Uh, I think because he was close to Trump. That's another thing too. Well, is that he was like a big he was Trump. Trump his loved corner. him. Yeah. Why do you think? Why do you think he he wasn't? Um, in and forgive my ignorance if this is ignorant, but like, why do you think that he wasn't talked about up until by opposition parties or by um, you know people who didn't or weren't necessarily fans up until? now when he died right which obviously it's like a big news thing but like do you think Just, that maybe oh go ahead may, do you think that maybe people talked about him more when he died because they think that his death will lead to a sort of um like a dissolving of that the like his his thoughts that he started no no absolutely no, not I, no I, I, yeah I don't see that. Cole, uh, I'll, I'll give you a second. But um, my my thoughts on that, Matt, and why people are talking about it is it's uh-huh. like it's the old actor who was in a bunch of movies before. You know yeah. who he is, but he's not really been a part of your life in a while. And then he mm-hmm. dies. And so these news networks are like paying homage to him and the great work he's done. You know, they don't come out and say great work, but they also don't bash him either. They're just like beloved right. conservative yet controversial they always say that they're like a lot of conservatives like the guy but he was a little controversial and said some things do so. you think do you think because he's a pioneer of talk radio as a form and talk radio is seen as kind of like this um more legitimate news outlet do you think that that maybe that's why like even like liberal people were kind of are kind of praising him i mean i don't um go ahead go ahead well, I guess as far as like, um, I mean, I don't. Sorry, I don't know if they're praising yeah, him. I don't or think not. they're. I don't think anybody's outright seen, praising him. That's not a conservative. I've seen. I've seen people. So I feel like you know, CNN would praise him, though. Like I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Again, like I'm not saying that CNN has praised him. I'm saying that like it's it fits their mo. You know, like well, George Bush is actually a good person. You know, like, yeah. George I mean, George Bush said his praises. Yeah. Limbaugh, I don't think is is would have gotten that a rehabilitation because okay. he was kind of seen again as like a you know uh, it, as being is it because he's a Trump you know. fan? 
Yes, because he's he was basically like in Trump's corner from the beginning, and of course, so George Bush isn't explicitly a Trump fan. So the reason George Bush no. got the rehabilitation, yeah. which is like he's actually the good conservative, is because he because like there's literally like no difference between like probably Rush Limbaugh and George Bush in terms. Oh of, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like politically, they're they're the, they're, they're the yeah. same person, but like George Bush never explicitly came out and supported Trump. Which no, Rush Limbaugh came out and supported Trump, right? Because it's from the very beginning, yeah. Because it's his it's his career on the line. Yes. And he had like of course had Trump on and talked to him extensively and had this long standing relationship with him. Um yeah, and Bush even sort of was like claimed to sort of I mean he did I'm I, I would confidently say he voted for Joe Biden in twenty twenty. So he had garnered yes. Um, Do you think that George Bush voted for Joe Biden in 2020 because uh, it would rehabilitate his oh yeah his image? He, yeah, I think he I think he knows. Um, I think he yeah sees that as a very easy win to just be like um, yeah, especially if it's Joe Biden. Like that's no, a no brainer to right pick, to pick him over because that doesn't right because you. Joe Biden yeah. doesn't doesn't politically threaten George <laughs> no. Bush's like ideal politics right? or legacy. I mean, literally just. But like Rush yesterday. Limbaugh, on the other hand, has a lot yeah. more to lose than George Bush in terms of like if he were to support. So maybe that's why people are shitting on him, because he had a lot more to lose than George Bush would, even though their politics are literally identical. Um, so he's yeah. he came out and would be against Joe Biden because it's more um, financially beneficial to to him. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. He's like he. Um, yeah, his hitch is hitched his wagon to Trump a long time ago and was never going to get the one thing that, um, you know, is is true of most conservative talk show hosts, but especially Rush Limbaugh, is that he had his finger on the pulse of like this conservative movement, like the Tea Party movement that led to Trump. He had his finger on the pulse. And, you know, Cole and I were kind of talking like, did he believe these things? Was he just an actor? And we realized, well, it doesn't really matter because he would it's just... It's the same. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's same the same thing. Because he would just hit. And it, it, he, it's a weird, like... Those ideas, regardless of whether he believed him or not. Sorry, I just had to... Yeah, point. no, you're, you're right. And then just he said everything right. And that's why he was so popular is because he took these, like, kind of ideas that were in the conservative zeitgeist and there, turned into a lightning rod. There's a book by um, uh, and, and Josh. I know you're reading Slaughterhouse Five right now. Um, I don't know how, like, if you're still reading that or not. But Kurt Vonnegut Jr. actually writes this book, and I, I can't remember the name of it right now. But he, it's really interesting because he tackles the, um, you know, because Kurt Vonnegut Jr. lived during World War II and actually fought in World War II. Um, so he has this like interesting perspective on it. But he talks about um, how. It's almost like the banality of evil in this book. I can't remember the name of the book now. I really wish I I have it on my shelf. I just like <laughs> it's covered. Like all of my books are just covered in other books right now. I thought you were going to say like covered in grease. <laughs> no. So like he talks about this, how like this Nazi propagandist doesn't believe anything he's saying, but he's saying it. So like, does he actually believe it? And the, the point of the book is like, it doesn't matter whether he believes it or not, he's still saying it. So like he's, he's standing trial in Israel, like the end of the, like the whole book is like a, him telling a story about how he's standing trial in Israel. And, um, he's talking about how he thinks he, he's not sure if he deserves punishment or not, 
because he's like, well, I didn't believe anything I was saying, but I was still saying it. Right. So that I think that may be the. Yeah, the that's Rush Limbaugh to a T and probably a lot of other conservative talk show hosts who are. But like you said, whether he was a true grifter and didn't believe anything he was saying or doesn't not, matter. it doesn't matter because Correct. he yeah. like, you know, he was like the the false prophet. Like he just led the flock astray um, to think about it in like religious terms. Like he was evil in the sense that he took so many people who were like, you know, right wingers and just pushed them even further right and created even more of like a right, a strong right wing party. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I do want to say this, though. Um, I don't like you. You know more about Rush Limbaugh than I do. I don't know anything about Rush Limbaugh. So I have like no opinions of him, which is OK. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, bad or, you know, bad or good. I have no opinions of him. But yeah, I, I um. Yeah, I can see that um, whether he's, a you know, like we said, whether he's a grifter or whether he's like since completely sincere, it doesn't matter because like he portrayed himself as sincere, right? Like it's not even like, okay, so, so I want to say this. There's a difference between like an irony account, which is like posting menace. Like, you know, posting menace doesn't mean like 99% of the shit he says on Twitter because there's a difference between like explicitly saying I'm joking or even like, Shit, I'll, I'll even throw myself under the bus. Like, my fucking account, like, 99% of the bits jokes. Like, it's irony, right? But, like, there's a difference between, like, being a, a conservative radio person who's like, I believe this, and, like, blah, 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 and just being yeah. like, gay people should should leave. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's completely different. It's a completely different subset of... Uh, of thought right and i think a lot of times people conflate the two right they think if you say something ironic you're being sincere which is like the the worst the the not the scariest thing or whatever but the the thing that like you should watch out for is people who are being sincere like you shouldn't watch out for people who are being ironic if people people irony is a irony is a useful tool in that it, it helps you make sense of the current situation and it helps you kind of express yourself in a very certain way, right? Like as a joke, like you're, you're being funny, you're trying to, to, to entertain, you're trying to entertain yourself in this like bleak, you know, type world, but like sincerity. Now that's like, not like, not necessarily scary, but like, um, sincerity that's, quite possibly forged. And I think this is why, like, and I'm just going off on a little tangent here, but I think this is why, like, I talk about, like, and I've talked about in, like, a couple of group chats and stuff, the post left or whatever, they seem like grifters a lot of the times because they have this, like, ironic sincerity almost. Okay. And I think I would I think make that, a differentiation sorry. also between like your your average Twitter irony bro and Rush Limbaugh because Rush oh, yeah. like the influence Rush Limbaugh had was you know was he was had fifteen he had like well, he, fifteen he, million people listening to him yeah he I mean he swayed like an entire generation like we can't even like you know like I said Rush Limbaugh was like the caricature of like a guy who was the talk radio show guy so and this this elevation of rhetoric too because 
like the nineties were really the, this sort of turning point for like the way conservative politics and politicians talked like new Gingrich and, and Limbaugh especially were basically disseminating this way of sort of describing the left, like the quote unquote, the left as, as communists, as, as all these different things. And it's really this turn. It's, you see this turn into this, um, like you, this right. early brain poisoning, right? That that gets that gets disseminated by people like Limbaugh. So I think the last thing that I kind of want to say is like, I, yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, I think that Rush Limbaugh was, uh, um, at least from from my understanding of him, was completely detrimental in the fact that he conflated uh, liberals with left wingers. I mean, you see that brain poisoning even now, which is like. That's not. Yeah, I like, mean, liberal. Like yeah, liberalism and left leftism doesn't mix at well, all. Yeah, I mean, and and obviously, like his strategy wasn't to be like hmm, me understanding the differences between these two things. No. I'll conflate them. He was. It's more like to to kind of pick this get this sort of relic of the Cold War, and, yeah. which is just code for un-American or evil, and just have that be the. Uh, bog standard uh, sort of uh, thing lobbed at Democrats and the like. Well, that's why like conservatism, like as a, uh, you know, and like, like right wing pundits are fucking idiots. Like I, I, I will still hold on to that, you know, regardless of like, who's just kind of like, well, you know, actually leftists like liberals are worse or whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, sure we can, you know, talk about like CNN, how retarded they are till the cows come home. But I mean, like, like Republicans are dumb because they don't even like, they don't know what like leftism truly is. Like, right. They, yeah. they, they think that Nancy Pelosi and like Joe Biden are Marxist. Or or whatever, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Which is ridiculous, you know? So that's the last thing that I want to say. Yeah, well, um, everyone should go invest in GameStop now that it's dropped. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go invest it's in GameStop. It'll, it'll, it'll rebound. It's coming back. It's coming back in a, in a big in a big way. I think these hearings that uh, are going on are going to help that. So, yeah, the fucking uh, impeachment. Oh, by the way, last very last thing. Uh, fuck the fuck everybody who tried to impeach the greatest poster of all time. Like <laughs> Teflon Don, nothing fucking sticks, baby. Just acquitted, two and oh, baby. baby. Two and oh. Like, yeah. Two and oh, baby. Nothing but fucking net for Teflon Don. Let's go. Was it double jeopardy, right? Or double, yeah, double whammy? Can't fucking can't. convict him twice, nope. motherfucker. In fact, nothing but net. My man's Michael Jordan out here on fucking impeachment trials. <laughs> like nothing but fucking net, like the GOAT. Can, Can you, you think- imagine if he had his thought his Twitter after that? After they oh acquitted him. Oh my god, it would have been amazing. Oh Give him god. back his Twitter. Why? Like, yeah, he's not president anymore. Question: Question: Do you get like a championship size ring when you are acquitted? Like they just you give you a Super Bowl should, ring? Bro. You fucking should. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> he's gonna make his own. Like, like uh, might as well, bro. Like you fucking should at that point. Like if you're acquitted twice, you know, fucking nothing but net. Like. Everyone else is a loser. All the losers and haters can fucking cry if they, all they want. If, if they try to, uh, uh, if they try and fail a third time, actually, all of them get impeached. And yeah, he gets to come become the president again. So that's he gets to become a god emperor, yeah. bro. I'm telling you, fucking Teflon Don over here, just like absolutely destroying these fucking pieces of shit. So. 
but yeah, that's the last thing. So um, anyway, yeah. I'm fixing to go eat. See you so. next week, guys. Yeah. <laughs>